This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we're celebrating both the men's and women's rowing teams once again winning the NESCAC title. Plus, the Bates track and field teams impressed at the Open New England Championships. And we chat with Bates alum Modice Baker, one of the coaches for Cold Front, our women's ultimate team, which is headed back to Division Three Nationals for the fourth straight year. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates baseball team finished its season with an overall record of 19-17 after falling to Williams and Middlebury in the NESCAC championships on Saturday. Junior Nolan Collins struck out a career-high 12 against the Panthers in the elimination game Saturday night. The Bobcats finished the year with their best record since 2013, and during the regular season, their 9-3 mark in the NESCAC East was the best in program history. On Sunday, the Bates rowing teams competed at the National Invitational Rowing Championships in Worcester. The NIRC regatta determines the NESCAC championship, and both rowing teams won their third straight NESCAC title. With the men outracing Trinity in the first Varsity 8 Grand Final, and the women taking home the gold medal in their 1v final, clinching an automatic bid to the NCAA championships. Senior Captain Sophia Rintel sits at the stroke seat for the women's first Varsity 8. She's been in the 1v boat every year during her time at Bates helping the Bobcats win the national title the past two years. On Monday, we chatted with Rintel about the race and her senior season so far. Yeah, so it was a bit cold and rainy, especially compared to the past few years at this regatta. It's usually sunny and warm, but uh, we prepare for anything. We've rode through plenty of cold, rainy days here in Maine, so I think we were really just ready to jump in and do it regardless, but it just took a little bit of extra warming up and making sure we had plenty of layers you know, taking care of ourselves and doing all the little things that are necessary to make sure we're super ready when it comes down to uh, race time. So for you personally, when you were a first year, you were the only first year in the 1V. Now you're a senior and you're the only senior in the 1V. What's that experience been like on the back end kind of now, you know, this leadership role, you know, being the most experienced rower in the boat? Um, you know, I think it's been a real honor to be in this boat each time and with a different crew each year. Um, and I've learned a lot from you know, the older teammates that I rode with, and I'm learning a lot from the younger teammates that I'm rowing with. So um, it's really just, it's been a good time and uh, it's pretty cool to be kind of the older one, the leader in the boat. Uh, but I'm just constantly thinking about the people who were in that position for me and uh, remembering the little things that they did that made me feel welcome and trying to do the same for others. Sure, so what are some of those little things that help people feel welcome perhaps? Um, you know, I think it's just, getting excited, giving someone a pat on the back. You know, I, I like to kind of hype everyone up before the race and just the, the little things and being kind and friendly and uh, being genuinely really excited to row with all these people. I think that's, that's uh, how the seniors treated me when I was a first year. And um, I think that's what really all of the upperclassmen on the team yeah. really try and do for the underclassmen. You mentioned hyping up the team. I know rowing, you, know, you also do a lot of like meditation and, and, and trying to be relaxed as well. So how do you balance that wanting to be really excited but also keeping calm, right? Yeah, it's definitely a, a fine balance. I really like to get super hyped up, but I think I can also pretty quickly, you know, when we're at the starting line, um, getting ready to race, you know, put on my game face a little bit and just stay calm and collected 
and channel kind of all that hyped up energy into focus um, and then get the race started and started off clean. I think that's that's really what we practice is being super energetic and um, being super prepared and ready for the race and then just channeling that energy and having just confidence at the starting line. And then for you, you know, you're a senior now, but tell us back when you were looking for colleges, what made Bates the place you wanted to go? I didn't know a whole lot about what college rowing would be like. Um, I really loved Bates as a school. And when I visited um, the rowing team for an overnight, it was just, I just had a feeling like I just feel really at home here with the people, um, the atmosphere of the team. And they just, they were welcoming from the start before I was even on the team. Uh, so that's really all it was for me. When did you start rowing? I started rowing in my freshman year of high school. Okay, and what got you into the sport? Honestly, my older brother had already started uh, two years before I had, and it just it seemed really cool. I'd never heard of it before, and I gave it a try, and I was kind of tall, and that always helps. So, um, you know, I just found it to be something that I loved. Great. What was the biggest thing you had to learn, you know, in high school? To, and then maybe what was the biggest adjustment once you got to college, you know, in taking the next step kind of? Um, I think in college athletics, it's just a little bit more, um, I think people, people are a little more mature and as athletes kind of know how to do things a little bit better, uh, know how to prepare mentally for a race and know how to train and um, find balance and just go into everything a little more intentional. In high school, it was kind of just like, oh, I'm just going to go to practice and I'm going to go to a race and I'm just doing it all and it's my after school activity. Um, and I think in college, um, I've really found a way to uh, channel how much I care about it into really productive training and things like that. What have you learned from Coach Seenstra and the assistants? Um, the coaches are really wonderful. I think one of the best things about what they do is that they're very transparent in um, the way they coach us. They're very clear with this is why we're having practice today and this is why we're doing this workout and this is how it's going to benefit you come race day. So I think we are able to really trust in them and um, really buy in. And I think it also helps us have confidence in ourselves. We know that we're doing everything we can do um, to be successful and we just have to execute you know, the training plan that they've set out for us. Excellent. And then for the team this year, for the 1B, you know, WPI, um, they outraced it in that one regatta, but in the last two, it's gone Bates way again uh, by open water for that matter. So what adjustments were made or is it a matter of just being in the water more often? Um, yeah, I think it's just a matter of continuing to work hard. And we've been on a steady um, incline in terms of uh, our speed. And I think other teams have as well. But We've just, we haven't really changed much other than just continue to push ourselves and believe in ourselves. And I'm not sure exactly what other teams are doing. Maybe they're scrambling to make changes and gain some speed. Um, but our coach was pretty clear that all we're gonna do is keep doing what we're doing and that's what's gonna, that's what's gonna get us through to the finish line, you know? Sure, and obviously you have experience with this. You know, back in the stroke seat though, what's that like, you know, being right there uh, with the coxswain right in front of you? I'm pretty comfortable there. Yeah, I've done it uh, a few times before. Um, I've been happy really every seat I've been in it's all about you know what what the crew is doing behind me and um, 
I feel super backed up by this crew, by my seven seat. Um, we've always rode next to each other all the time that we've rode together. So um, it just feels pretty good. I feel pretty comfortable there. That's Hannah Fitz, right? Yeah, that's Hannah Fitz. She brings the energy, doesn't she? She does. She does. <laughs> she balances me out. <laughs> looking forward to NCAAs. It'll be your it'll be your fourth trip, obviously. The team's been there, I think, 13 straight years now. And so what are you most looking forward to? Going to Indianapolis, that's a new location, I think, right? Yeah, it's a new location, so I don't really know what to think. Yeah. I've heard sometimes it's called Windy Indy. So okay. I think if – I don't know what the conditions will be like, but yeah. I know we'll be – prepared no matter what but it's a fun it's a fun race um being at the same regatta as division two and division mm-hmm. three and division one colleges um we kind of see the best of the best and we might not be racing against them directly but um it feels really special and i i've always been kind of in awe when we when we really get there and it's a big production does part of you wish you could give some of those larger division teams a go? In the few days before the racing, we can all warm up on the race course together, or get in some practice. So there have been a few times when we're rowing right alongside them and thinking, oh, we're holding them now. <laughs> and, you know, it's pretty exciting. And I think we, uh, you know, we could be a little bit competitive with some of those, you know, high level teams. But in terms of the Division Three points you will be facing, obviously, you know you know about WPI. I'm sure there are some other teams that you're looking at as well. But what's it like being like expected almost to, to win? Um, I think it's a little intimidating, but also really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we know that we're the team with a target on our back, and everyone's going to really try with all the power they have to get a little closer to us to inch up and overtake us if they can. Um, but I think that makes it all the more uh, exciting and it just makes us know that we might have had a good race this past weekend, but it's only going to get more intense from here. Uh, so just going to shape up to be a pretty fun race, I think. The men's rowing team had conflicting emotions after winning the NESCAC title. While the Bobcats outraced all the other NESCAC schools, they finished fourth overall in the first varsity eight grand final behind Hobart, Michigan, and Marist. It was somewhat of a rebuilding year for the men, and senior captain stroke Eric Jordan joined the Bobcats to talk about his time at Bates and the expectations the men's rowing program has going forward. Eric, first of all, when you came into Bates, you had experience rowing, but as a first year, you were in the, the novice eight, as they call it, and so... What was the experience like being in the novice eight as a first year and then jumping up to the first varsity eight as a sophomore after that? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me here. Yeah, I, I rode for three years in high school. Uh, I wasn't ever very uh, motivated. And when I came into Bates, I was right where I belonged in the freshman eight. It, was, it wasn't necessarily a bunch of novices not having experience. In, in fact, most of the people on the boat had rode before. Um, but it was just more of the, the third varsity kind of just guys that were not really good enough for the, the 2V. And I think there was something about uh, at the championship races, the freshman eight is worth more points than the third varsity eight. So if we have the opportunity to make that freshman eight, then we do that. And, and if we make a freshman eight, they can go fast. So mm. it looked like we were gonna be able to do that. So we put it together and uh, it was fun rowing in there, but uh, there were a lot of changes that, that happened. Um, that year for me personally, that kind of drove me into my sophomore year to become a lot more motivated, put a lot more effort into into rowing, into training, um, become a lot faster, and uh, push me into the into the varsity in my sophomore year. It was uh, stressful because I'd only ever had one race in a varsity boat before my sophomore year. Um, in in high school, I was in the three V or the two V most of the time. So. 
Um, uh, there was a lot of stress around that first Charles race when I was in the varsity. Um, there was a lot of stress in, in the spring, especially as I started stroking towards the end of the season. Um, but uh, it was exciting, and I've gotten pretty used to it since then. So what were some of the things that motivated you, really? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it was... I actually... Uh, I lost a couple of grandparents going into that summer um, after that year. Um, and I started thinking about uh, just wanting to make the most of my of my time at, at Bates. Um, I was a pretty good student in high school. I had, had a pretty good academic year uh, in my first year at Bates as well, but I really hadn't been putting that much effort into rowing either through high school or, or through my first year at Bates. Um, so when I lost kind of both of my grandmothers in a short period of time, and there were, there were some <laughs> personal relationship things that were going on mm -hmm. too, uh, it just kind of made me take a step back at my life, uh, or step back and look at my life and say, like, I really want to make the most of my opportunity here at Bates, um, do the best I can, kind of make the largest impact possible. And, and I was already into rowing. I enjoyed rowing. And I, I said, well, I might as well do it here if I'm going to put so much of my time into it. Because it really does. I mean, we're on the water all the time. When you're training over the winter, there isn't really an off season. It's, it's something that if you're going to do it, I believe that it should be done. Uh, wholeheartedly and it was just kind of a bunch of personal factors that made me say all right I want to I want to just go for it and do my best well you clearly made the most of it last year the junior IRAs I mean that must have been the experience of a lifetime right yeah it was exciting um, it was you know I, I was really close with a lot of the of last year's senior class uh, having rode with them in that varsity eight for a couple of years at that point um, I was living with you probably know Mott's Terwish, Roddy Pratt um, and Josh Bilchik, I'm not sure if you know him, but I was living with the three of them in my junior year. Uh, we were all very motivated. We had, we had had the idea for a number of years at that point that we were on this rise, looking towards IRAs, trying to, trying to get to that championship. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was just something that we had looked towards for a long time. And uh, I kind of, I bought into that. I, I joined into the push that they had really started in their freshman year, um, you know, without me, because I was, I was in the freshman eight and I wasn't, I didn't really have that mentality until, until sophomore year. But once I, once I got into that boat, once I kind of switched my own mentality around, I really, I really bought into it. Um, and we made it our goal and, and just, yeah, getting there was, was very, very exciting. Yeah. Excellent. And then for you being one of the captains this year, what has that experience been like for you? It's been a, a challenge a, a lot of the time. Um, it was something I, I looked forward to for sure. Um, the, the responsibility, especially over the winter, of, of leading the, the team's training, kind of being the, the, the guy or the guys, um, uh, as me and my, my co-captains were, um, to kind of lead everybody forward and show people how things are done. That, that's exciting. But at the same time, I mean, man, it, it was something I, I knew even as last year was coming to an end, even as we were still training uh, for IRAs, but I had been uh, elected one of the captains. It was like, wow, this is going to be tough because we were losing such a large senior class that was it was so strong and had gotten to know each other uh, so well. Um, that I knew it was going to be hard. I mean, even if we were, you know, there was a lot of talk about getting a really strong freshman class coming in, which is it's true. There's a lot of strong individuals in there. It takes a lot to uh, make a boat go fast, even when you have strong individuals. I was comparing um, 
just with somebody earlier today. I don't know if you follow uh, professional basketball. I'm sure you do, but uh, it's like the the Celtics. Just because they, you know, just because they have a lot of talented individuals on the team, you need to have chemistry and you need to have familiarity and you need to be able to work together as a team in order to succeed. And so rowing's no different than that. People tend to think it's this foreign, strange sport because it's not like baseball or football or anything like these very obvious popular team sports, but. Uh, part of the reason that boat that went to IRAs was so strong is because it had so many guys that had taken so many strokes together. And so it was something we knew that we were, it was just going to be really, really challenging to make it, uh, to make it work this year. Cause we only had four of us returning from the varsity, which, I mean, it sounds like a good number, but one of that's, one of those is a coxswain, which, which matters. But when you have three guys, um, in the boat, and Kento and I uh, were two seniors who had been in the varsity. We hadn't even taken that many strokes together. We were kind of on opposite trajectories. He was in the first varsity his first year when I was in the freshman eight. Um, and then he kind of went down to the two V at one point when I took a seat in the varsity. And then we finally synced up in junior year. So we hadn't had that much time together. And then Max Milovitz was the other returning rower. And he only got up into the varsity uh, last spring. So even the returning rowers who were coming back hadn't had that much experience with each other in that boat. So having to replace just that much, um, that many bodies in, in the boat, we knew that was going to be tough. And, and the winter required not only a focus on on training and fitness, but trying to sync up and, and make things uh, work together as well as possible. Well, and that being said, I mean, you mentioned the youngsters as first years or sophomores in that 1V. Um, obviously, the team, you know, finished the year, I thought, you know, pretty strong there, right? New England's and NIRC. So, as a senior looking to the future, you must be pretty pleased where the program seems to be headed, right? I mean, obviously, last year was huge. And this year, a little bit maybe rebuilding, but, you know, the future looks bright as well. Yeah, I mean, I think for what was kind of a rebuilding year in a lot of ways, it was there were decent results at the end. We were making a lot of jokes as the year went on, how we were really struggling to kind of win anything. <laughs> we, were, we, were try, we were trying to make light of it and and, and uh, stay as relaxed as possible about things. Um, but yeah, it, it rounded up well. I mean, we faced some really tough crews on on Saturday. Hobart was obviously, or Sunday, sorry. Hobart was obviously extremely motivated having lost last year. They, they definitely put in, I mean, they had a lot of strong guys in that boat and they put in a lot of work. Um, it's also a very young boat. I don't even know if they lost any rowers mm. since last year. For example, I mean, the guy I took a shirt from last year in stroke seat, I, I gave mine to him, and I'm pretty sure down the line it was most of the same guys in that boat. They maybe lost one or two seniors. Yeah. Um, so a lot of continuity there. Marist, also a very strong crew, um, very motivated from last year because we, we just uh, edged them out of that final. And then Michigan, we hadn't even seen at NIRCs in a couple of years, but they're they're always very strong. Um, even for a club team, they're just so massive that they're they're incredibly deep and and a really really strong team. So to be in a in a fairly close final there, I think it was four seconds between the top uh, four boats. The guys, there's there's a lot of reason to uh, to have hope going forward. There's there's a lot of continuity. Um, in the boat now we're only losing Kanto, uh, Lee and I, um, so only, well, and, and sorry, and and Julian, um, uh, from that varsity eight. So it's kind of the opposite of last year. Now we're having a lot of, uh, of continuity, a lot of opportunity for those guys to, to get to know each other and, and, uh, match their strokes up even better, which is really what you saw. I mean, when you see 
results changing from you know when we were at the beginning of the season losing to Marist by whatever it was like 13 15 seconds mm-hmm. or something like that to the end of the season losing to them by a couple or yeah. beating them in the heats that's not it's not a dramatic change in fitness in that varsity boat it's not like we just got so much fitter yeah. or or no pulled so much harder or anything like no it was <laughs> it was just it's just getting familiar it's just yeah. syncing up our strokes um because I mean, it's basically the reason that Bates is so successful. We're never—I don't know how much you know about Erg scores, but we're never going to go out there and and beat the guys just on raw power mm-hmm. that that row at Hobart and Maris. They recruit uh, much more widely than we do. They they have a, a bigger name. They are perennial IRA contenders, so they're always going to draw just more natural raw talent and power than we will. And the reason we were able to compete with them is because we do put so much effort, and led by Coach Seenstra, uh, put so much effort in syncing our strokes up and thinking about how we row and, and rowing well. Um, so that that's all that changed was through the season. It was just trying to get the eight of us who basically never rowed in a lineup together before um, to, to figure each other out and, and make, a, make the set boat kind of run down the course smoothly and well and, and we 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 got close we didn't uh we, we didn't quite figure it out well enough but we 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 did a pretty okay job with it well it's gotta be kind of an interesting feeling right because you got fourth in that grand final but you beat trinity so you were the nescac champion sure. is it, what, what are your feelings on that kind of because you you win the nescac title but the team has higher goals obviously right i mean the, we kind of it's i don't want to sound uh <laughs> too arrogant in in the process of saying this but it's we're kind of beyond the point with our team goals on a year-to-year basis of looking at the NESCAC championship mm-hmm. because of that final race. Uh, it's you know I, it's like I said, um, I said this in a message to the team before we went into winter training. If we want to go to IRAs, we need to be able to beat teams like Hobart and Marist. And the difference, really, between teams like Hobart, Marist, even BC, um, and teams like us and the other NESCAC teams are the restrictions that we have over the winter. Hobart and Marist are training with their coaches all winter long. We're not allowed to. And so <laughs> what we need to do, and if you look, I mean, if you look back at the results over the last uh, four, maybe five years, you'll see that there's there's these couple of top teams. There'll be the New York schools, especially Hobart at the top of the NIRC's finishes. Yeah. Then there's us kind of getting close over the last few years. And then this year, and then there's always like a significant drop off to the next NESCAC school. And so it's very clear that if we want to go to IRAs, which is where this, this program is at, we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And we can't even look at the NESCAC. We can't really acknowledge that we are a NESCAC school. We need to train better than that. We need to train harder than that. We need to hold ourselves to the standard over the winter like we are one of those schools that we're trying to beat. Because if we train like all the other schools, uh, that have these restrictions over the winter. If we you just kind of uh, put a half effort into it and uh, aim at beating Trinity in the NIRCs, th- that that's what we're going to get. We're going to be back there fifth, sixth in the grand finals and and lengths off of, of Hobart and Marist, which it, it's not where the program is is heading. We've had such a nice trajectory to where the you know the year before I got here, they won New England's for the first time, and then. Uh, obviously, they was getting closer as I was in there, closer to winning ECACs or NIRCs, and then we finally did that. And then it's you know now the next goal is let's get back to IRAs, let's place better at IRAs, you know just keep pushing it 
further and forward further but part of that's going to be you know, just winning the NESCAC is kind of a um a rite of passage I, I, I don't know how to phrase it it, right. it, it kind of just is it has to just happen unless they pick up their game and, right. and come along with us too because it's just Hobart and Marist and those other teams that we need to beat at the very top of NRCs they're in a different they're in a different league than the NESCAC really sure well last question for you any other thoughts on your time rowing at Bates and what it's meant to you it's did it been quite the transformation from my from my freshman year uh, obviously we've been doing a lot of I think all the seniors have probably been doing a lot of reflection in the last few weeks here and I've been thinking about just you know the freshman year wasn't always uh, the smoothest experience for me um, but Coming out of that year and going into sophomore year, I was really glad that I was able to change a lot about myself personally and have the team still there uh, supporting me and uh, being friends to me, being teammates to me, creating a place where I can I can go and have fun on a daily basis and push myself to uh, achieve great things and, and, and take this far, uh, take the team as, as far as we can take it. Um, it's not something I really thought was going to happen my freshman year. I even thought about uh, transferring the freshman year. So it's it's pretty crazy looking back um, on on just my like personal personal transformation uh, throughout the years uh, and the kind of home that uh, I've found here in Bates Rowing, which I think is something all the seniors would say. It's it's just uh, such a welcoming place for everybody, and they, and they're all gonna really miss it and I'm no different than that even though I, I feel like I started in a, a very different place. Excellent Eric Jordan thanks so much. Thank you. The track and field teams compete at the Open New England Outdoor Championships Friday and Saturday in New Haven, Connecticut. Open New England's represented the last chance for junior captain Brendan Donahue to qualify for the NCAA Championships in the decathlon. And Donahue turned in the best performance of his career, scoring 6,458 points. Good for third place at the meet and 14th in the country. It's likely that Donahue will qualify for the NCAA championships, and he is our male Bobcat of the week. Brendan, two weeks in a row, that's pretty exhausting. You've done it before, though. What's the approach you know, between New England's and open New England's to make sure you're refreshed and ready to go? Awesome. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Um, so the, the whole preparation for the week is not as to not really have a regular training week um, because the decathlon is pretty taxing. And, it, and, and in itself, you really do get a workout. Um, running a 1500 for me is quite the workout. Um, so that week in between, Coach Fresh had me do a lot of like situational walkthroughs um, and a lot of just nitty gritty prep to do the fine things right. Um, because there's particular events that I don't have the best form. And so it's, it's, kind of critiquing that form during that week so I can get prepared for another week. Um, in terms of, like, in terms of, like, physical health, um, it's really just icing, 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 and, uh, yeah, knowing what your body wants, uh, particularly if you're going two weeks in a row. But other than that, it's it's totally feasible. I think the largest obstacle for me is the mental thing, um, but you kind of have to black all that stuff out, and when you get actually to the meet, you just – you just realize you're, you're, you're doing track because it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 10 events over the course of two days, right? Yeah. Uh, what are the 10 events? Okay. <laughs> so, so on day one, you start yeah. off with a hundred meter dash. Mm-hmm. Um, following that, you go to the long jump. Um, and then over there you go to the shot put. Um, and then you go to high jump and then you have the 400 and that, uh, closes day one. And then the next morning, bright and early, you run the 110 hurdles. Uh, then you throw the discus. 
you do the pole vault and um, you do the, then do the javelin and then you end with the grilling 1500. <laughs> yeah, so you end with like the maybe the hardest one perhaps? Yeah, for me at <laughs> least. It's, it's been my Achilles heel, but it's getting a little better. But So yeah. for the throwing events, how many attempts do you get? Um, so you get three attempts for everything. Um, okay. So the kind of mantra is first one, best one. Yeah. Um, and this weekend I did that really well. So I was, I was happy with that. But at the same time, I also wish that I had thrown a little farther on the second and third events um, or attempts. Um, but it's a good place to be, <laughs> for sure. In terms of the point system, do you simply have to beat your opponents within the meet to get points? Or how does that work? Yeah, so it's... So the way it works is ideally you need to beat as many people as you can yeah. because when push comes to shove, if you're not getting if you're not beating guys, then you're not going to get more points. Um, however, you also have to realize that it's a two day event, yeah. um, and so I was de- I was in eighth place after the first day, um, and it, even in, even myself I was like, wow, this meet's not looking great, but I was still up eighty points on my my PR. But then going into day two, I realized that I had a much stronger day two than a lot of the guys in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to bump bump my way up, but the reality is a lot of the guys that I've been doing the decathlon with are guys that I've been with since I was a freshman. Um, so it's kind of a cool culture because you get to hang out with guys for multiple decathlons and heptathlons over two days, and so it's kind of you kind of garner a friendship with a lot of the guys. So it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, and I, I saw you were back practicing Monday, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're back at it. Um, this week is probably a lot like 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 last week. Uh-huh. Um, Actually, today, I think we have a special practice where I'm actually long jumping into the pool, um, oh. so <laughs> which will be an interesting <laughs> practice, but um, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> long jumping into the tarpaul pool? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it was a room building. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, we're, uh, he, Coach Fresh put on, uh, I think, a, a stripe of Mondo, and I'm, I guess we're going to run off that. Um, and also, I want to give a shout out to Liam Evans for uh-huh. for being my training partner throughout the year. And also, he's going to be our lifeguard this week, so he's <laughs> always coming up big for us. So, well, and Le- Liam's been competing at the decathlon, also, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and that's been nice. I think last year not having a guy to train with was kind of tough, but this year he kind of holds me accountable in the workouts and just in all avenues. Um, and I'm really looking forward to next year with all the other multis. Well, I was going to ask about um, you know the waiting game now, right? You kind of have to wait, and you find out, I guess, officially Friday if you're going to be in or not. Yeah, so my score is 64-58 in, I think, pretty much every year in the past 10 years or so. Yeah. That score has gone. Mm-hmm. Um, usually the cutoff's right around 35-50. Um, but only time will tell. Uh, a lot of schools, the reality is NCAA Division Three is getting a lot more competitive, um, particularly for track. Some of the scores that we've seen um, this year posted, the qualifications are that much harder. Like, some of the athletes who are all Americans at the school, they're qualif- they're what they scored at NCAA's would not qualify, which right. which is which is crazy to me. Um, but it's also just the way at which sports work. Um, but in terms of waiting game, I'll find out probably end of the week whether or not I'm going. But I think right now 14th should be a good enough position to to buy me a trip to NCAA. So <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to that, hopefully. And then uh, going back, you know, at New England Championships, you won the New England Championships. You got the New England title, um, and that was a PR. And then you came back with another PR this past weekend and got third at Open New England. But in terms of the New England title, what was that experience like to, you know, you know, be, be the best in the region? Yeah, I mean, so 
technically I'm not the best in the region um, <laughs> because it's also humbling because I've got guys like CJ Mooney and William Canty who actually just beat me at Opened. Opens. Okay. But um, they specialize in other events and they just came off tough conference meets. Um, so I was in a cool position mm. where I was able to really nail that home. Um, but in terms of the multis in New England, it's getting a lot more competitive than it had has been. Um, some of the scores in the past that that had been posted really they would that were like top three they no longer will place um and so that's that's pretty cool it's a cool direction because also we could have 20 percent of the field at nationals be guys from new england um so that's pretty cool to be part of that culture um and i'm really looking it was it was a cool opportunity to be able to finally say yeah i was new england champ yeah and uh as well as be able to do it alongside with liam placing high so that was Good experience for sure. Absolutely. So it's kind of a weird question, but there's ten events. Is there are there any events you don't practice as much just because you kind of either a have it down or b doesn't require as much practice? Um, <laughs> yeah. So throughout the year, we we didn't really practice long jump a lot. Okay. Um, but now that's kind of biting me in the butt. But yeah, so it's kind of returning back to or I really had never had really great long jump form, and so I think we're trying to nail that home before I, I end up going. Um, but yeah, the, the, there is some events that you don't practice as much some weeks, um, and oftentimes you have to sacrifice certain certain events for other events. Um, but in the end, it works out. Um, but ter- in terms of technical events, you kind of really have to work on pole vault the most because of there's a lot of points to be had there, and also it's what separates the good multis from the bad. Right. I feel, yeah, I feel like pole vault. Um is extremely tough and maybe a little scary. I don't know how much you enjoy doing the pole ball. Is that one of your favorites? Uh, it has grown to be. Yeah. Uh, there's times where like I'm scared to death, but <laughs> overcoming those mental breaks is, is really what what's what makes you makes you better um, as an athlete and just just as a human. Um, yeah, but I, in terms of pole ball in general, I I do love it now. So nice. nice. Yeah. All right, well, um, what are your thoughts on the possibility of going to Nationals? And uh, if so, what have you talked to Coach Fresh about in, in terms of what that experience is like? Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited. I'm especially excited to be able to do a Johnny Rex. Um, mm-hmm. Johnny and I, I don't know if you heard, but uh, we, we used to scoop ice cream together as four years ago. Um, so he's one of my good friends for a long time. Um, so that's pretty cool. It's kind of always been a pipe dream for us to be able to say like oh yeah let's go to NCAAs together um and so kind of that would be unreal to fulfill that with him um also just having Fresh as a mentor um also Coach Ellis and Art and and uh Curtis being able to work with those guys day in and day out it's kind of cool to kind of see what their hard work has paid off and now now it's coming to fruition so I'm excited to be a part of that (laughs) I'm curious you're from New Hampshire though right isn't he from Massachusetts how did you guys scoop ice cream together yeah so he 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 summers in Wolfboro okay Um, okay. yeah yeah I'm I'm a long-term resident but he so (laughs) I when one summer he came in and applied and then we gave him the job and he walked in and we instantly became friends so it was it's pretty pretty funny that we ended up here together and now on the same track team and finding our way to NCAAs, so. <laughs> this was in high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it was my sophomore, or his sophomore year, my beginning of my junior year. Wow, okay. Yeah. And at the time, like, did you both know, you probably both did not know you were going to the same college by any means. No, so yeah. I he actually came and visited. I gave him fresh his email. Um, he, he didn't even think he wanted to throw in college. <laughs> um, and it was more just like, he, he was. I think he was heading football route, and I was like, hey, man, you should really reach out to Coach Fresh. I think you'd enjoy him. And I have. Um, and so he, he reached out, and the rest is history. 
The women's 4x800 relay team of first-year Mary Corcoran, sophomore So Kim, senior captain Sarah Rothman, and senior captain Aiden Eikhoff broke the program record by nearly four seconds with a time of 9 minutes, 6.63 seconds, good for second place at Open New England's. It's the fastest 4x800 time run by an NCAA Division III team this year. And they are our female Bobcats of the week. Sarah Rothman, we had you on last week, <laughs> and you said the goal was to break the school record. You did. What was working down there uh, at Open New England? It was crazy because I was talking to Mary Corcoran, um, the freshman who's, who let off the, the relay um, all day. She kept on bringing it up, and I was like, I know we want this, <laughs> but like, wow, it's been a long day. I just like, you just never know what's going to happen. But then she started off the relay just so strong and really got us in the race. So I, I was like, wow, we're in this, and we can do it. And just with, with, with each leg, it became more and more real. And it was just, it felt super special to actually see it come through. So Mary, as a first year getting to lead off this race, what's the experience been like for you? Um, it was amazing. I think, yeah, I was definitely talking to Sarah the whole day, warming up and everyone. Cause I think as my season individually and my individual events ended, I got really, really excited about this relay. And I think like I, didn't have too many expectations going into the New England Division three meet and after we ran that 915 it was kind of like wow like this is crazy like this is real and we could really go for this I think like as we got on that hour before and started to get a little nervous we were kind of talking we're like oh it's okay if we don't get it um, and we're like let's just run like we've already done so well like and I think we were kind of all on the same page going in like we're just all going to compete and do our best for each other and just put it all out there. And I think that's what happened, and it was awesome. Well, as a first year, do you realize how hard it is to break a school record here? I mean, that's pretty important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. It happen every year. Yeah, and it's just like an amazing group of people, and I think it's really special that, I don't know, that there's been a lot of amazing mid-distance runners in the program, and I've just heard so much about that. And it's crazy in my first year that I've been able to be here at the same time as three other awesome people and to be able to run with them. And we got So Kim here with us, who on the women's soccer team. That obviously prepares you a little bit for track. I imagine with all that running. Sure. What, what's what's been like this year with this group? Um, it's honestly been amazing. Like freshman year, ran with Sarah and Aiden during the workouts and stuff like that, and then just running with Mary. She's been really, really awesome too. And I think just again, like same mindset, just going into it. It was just like last one. Let's just give it our all, kind of deal. And especially with running with our, like our two seniors, mm -hmm. um, I think that was just something that I was definitely gonna be cherishing mm -hmm. um and yeah like we all worked really really hard and just each of us just ran our race and I think that just like really really helped and worked out really well <laughs> so well and Aiden I mean seated eighth getting second in this race against division one division two opponents I mean that's pretty special isn't it? It, it it was very special and as the fourth leg I watched the whole thing play out while <laughs> this was happening and I actually went down to where some of our coaches and other um, teammates were standing supporting us and I was like these girls are running out of their mind like I gotta go and that was it was really just like when we went from a position like as you said an eighth sort of like not really not really expecting to be up in the first part of the race it was truly truly amazing to watch we we went through the first leg and then as the other legs went on we, we held our position and people were just running so well so strong and so confidently that going into the last leg my goal was to get the person in front of me but I knew that I just really wanted to do the best I could for the time.
Yeah, do you have any sense of the time when you get, I mean, how does that work? Um, I had, I was trying to like quickly do some mental math. I didn't actually know exactly where our school record was, uh-huh. but I knew it was around like, like 9-12, is that what it was? Like 9-10. Like 9-10, and uh, I think we, I went through it like 7 50 something like that so I was really trying to like do the math and try to figure (laughs) out what I would have to run um and Jay at one point during the race said like you can do it but you really have to run (laughs) so that that inspired me in the last 300 of a challenging race (laughs) so Mary after having let off the race you get to watch the other three go what was that experience like for you yeah I was definitely trying to do the math going through seeing everyone coming through and that was definitely a hard one. I was on the ground while I was cheering for everyone else. I think in other races this season, like I've been like walking up and down trying to see everyone, and it was just amazing to see, like, I put it out there, and then seeing Sarah put everything out there, and so and, and Aiden, everyone was just so aggressive, and like Aiden was saying, so confident and like fighting for it, and it was just so fun to watch, even though I was like lying on the ground <laughs> while it was happening. It was. Yeah, it was incredible to see it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe with the exception of Aiden, this was the only event for the yeah, other race. Okay, so, I mean, during the, the, a normal track meet, I mean, during the regular season, maybe so, you might have other events, right? So what was it like to just have this one to focus on? Um, it was definitely, like, good. Nice change. <laughs> um, I think with just having this event, it was good to have, like, the entire day to just, like, focus on this specific race and just kind of, like, get everyone together and, like, on the same page and and, like, just seeing also like the other um people who had like other races like Aiden and Elise um just being able to cheer them on because like especially when you have double races it's hard to watch other uh people run but it's actually with one race at the end of the meet it was really really nice seeing everyone run um their event and just being able to cheer them on as well so I thought that was really nice so Sarah that was uh that was the last race for you now yeah yeah it's crazy I used to always run four by eights in high school mm-hmm. I remember we used to run like 930s or whatever and I was like wow that's crazy and then like mm-hmm. coming into this meet is seeing that what we, I, we we had all the pieces all year and just like kind of seeing it all come together um, I was talking to Mary like we both weren't thrilled with how we raced individually this year so like being able to kind of finish it off finish it off with this really special group of girls was like just beyond special and like like seeing Aiden run that last leg I just like there's no words and like we've like been on so many relays together done so many workouts and um it was just really like I couldn't have asked for a better ending and I'm very thankful for that what do we have to do to petition the NCAA to make this an event and Aiden I know you'll be running the 800 individually though right coming up and is that yeah well, I actually yeah. haven't quite decided what oh, I, I think okay. I think I'm leaning towards the 800 okay. Okay. um but we will see I'll <laughs> talk through that with Jay yeah. but I've really wanted to break that 210 barrier in the 800 mm-hmm. for a while now and you know this is the last weekend so yeah I I'm looking forward to that but just to go back to the relay it was really really cool yeah. there was no weak link really um and we just kept getting stronger throughout the race and catching that girl at the end was just the cherry on top but so many things built up to that to make that possible so um talking to the two underclassmen here in terms of from uh, the relay, obviously, 4 by 8 great. I mean, these two are graduating, though. So looking ahead maybe to next year, from individual point of view, from relay point of view, what are some goals you maybe have in your mind right now? That's a good question. <laughs> I think just as of now, just, like, individually just, like, staying in shape and just also just striving to always just, you know, get a PR, things like that. 
Um, and I think the most important thing is to be able to like just support one another through that because track can get a very especially it's a sport where you're like aiming for times and that can like it's very it's very mental so I think just being there as a teammate being there outside as a teammate as well off like off the track just being there to support one another I think that's going to be really really important moving forward as a team how about you Mary yeah I mean I think just trying to bring our best selves to practice every day like so is saying it's hard um, thinking about times all the time and and it does get really mentally taxing so I think we've had such great role models on this team people that just come and work their hardest and when everyone's here trying their best every day I think it just support, brings everyone up so I think just trying to stay true to that and following in the footsteps of like these two awesome seniors and other awesome upperclassmen trying to create that team culture for the younger people that come in and just keep working hard and I think the results will come. Last word for the seniors here. Uh, Sarah, looking at these uh, underclassmen, looks pretty optimistic about the future for uh, women's track and field here. Well, I just want to say, like, yeah. go going back to the relay this weekend, yeah. I know that I was personally pushed by these two underclassmen. Mm. Like, I was, like, all year I've been running, like, the same, like, 220, 800 time and been pretty fine with that. And then Mary was saying, like, no, like, we are going under 228. <laughs> I was like, okay, Mary, like, I was going to, like, <laughs> whatever you say. And then, like, I saw her, like, run that first leg, and she did. And I was like, okay, like, you know what? Like, I can too. And I did. And, like, I kind of attribute that to these, like, that's what's so beautiful about 4 by 8 is, like, it's not, you're not just running for yourself. You're running for the team. And I think if these girls, if they can push their seniors, they can definitely push the team going forward. And I, I'm really excited to, like, read about them in the paper mm -hmm. and, like, look, at, look for them in the news because I know that, that they're going to be a special group of girls. Some of thoughts, Aiden? Yes. I, the underclassmen, we have a fairly sort of wonky team because we have a lot of underclassmen and not a lot of upperclassmen but I I think the future is very bright and just even with the first years this year are such a positive and creative and hard-working group of people that I know that they at the very least the freshmen will have the sophomores to look up to and obviously the captains and the other wonderful leadership that we will have um, but it is it's certainly a promising future and as Sarah said we now get to take on the role of alumni and I know I just get so much wonderful support from them and being able to become more of that role will be awesome. All right, Sarah Rothman, Aiden Eikhoff, So Kim, Mary Corcoran, the fastest 4x800 in Bates women's track and field history and the fastest in Division Three this year. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you. This weekend, cold front. The Bates women's ultimate team heads to Division Three nationals for the fourth straight season. Led by senior captain Josie Gillette, Coldfront is undefeated on the season after finishing second in the country last year. Only 16 teams qualify each year, with pool play set for Saturday in College Station, Texas. The top eight teams from pool play advance to a single elimination bracket on Sunday. Coached by the husband and wife team of Chase and Modice Baker, Coldfront is the top seed this year for the first time. Modice Baker played for Coldfront when she attended Bates, graduating in 2014. And we chatted with her on the phone about what makes this team so successful. Modis, when you were at Bates, you played ultimate as well for Cold Front. What was it like then compared to maybe what's it like now from a coaching perspective? Yeah, I played in, I guess, 2010 was my first year. And we had definitely a smaller squad, but um, a lot of driven women. Um, and it was really a great experience. It was a fun team, um, very social, but we didn't really set goals for ourselves. And I think that's a big difference between um, what the team is now and what it was uh, when I was here. 
Well, and Josie Gillette obviously has been a, a key influence, I think, uh, certainly on the team. What's been like uh, seeing what she's done um, since she first came in? Because I know your coaching with the team kind of started when really her first year here, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. So um, Josie obviously brings a lot of experience, and she's just a great leader. She's a natural-born leader, so she's been able to sort of empower others to achieve the same results as her, which is great. Um, I think a lot of the ultimate media has been so focused on Josie, but um, I think we really pride ourselves on bringing um, and creating depth throughout our entire team. Um, And that way, you know, for example, if a team decides to mark Josie really heavily, we can rely on all of our other players with no problem. So, um, you know, Josie is excellent and she's been able to help train our other teammates and it's been really helpful for the team culture. So how did you first get involved coaching the team after having graduated from Bates in 2014, coaching them just a couple of years later? Yeah, so um, I've, I'm born and raised in Portland and have grown up playing Ultimate for over 10 years now. So even though I graduated, I couldn't really leave cold front. Um, huh. And so I came back the year after and started just volunteering every once in a while, helping the girls out, running some practices, running some drills. Um, and then after that, it became more of a commitment, um, especially when Josie's class year um, came through and they really demonstrated that they wanted to be competitive. And so um, they were all in, so I was all in. And, and then um, I met my husband at that time, Chase, who also comes from an ultimate background, and we both started doing it together, and it became a really fun, competitive atmosphere for all of us. Excellent, but it, it must be nice to know that the team can also, you know, coach themselves when you're not there, right? Cause I know you're there about half the practices, and the team's able to really kind of handle things on their own when you're not there. That that must provide a lot of uh, comfort, I guess, right? <laughs> Knowing that they're not going to oh, be goofing absolutely. around when you're not there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're all super disciplined, and I think that comes with just being a Batesy, really. You know, so yeah. they're all very organized, and they make sure they want to get the job done with the time that we do have with the field space. I know uh, Professor Lynn Lewis had a big role in founding the team, basically, um, um, you know, a few years back. Uh, what was it like working with her when you were here as a student? Oh, yeah. Lynn was great. She, again, I was the only one who really had that high school experience, but yeah. Lynn had, had so much experience prior, and she's seen many different ultimate strategies and really provided a lot of knowledge for us, which was super helpful. Um, and it was, it was always great having somebody connected to the school um, who was also passionate about the sport that you could go to and, and rely on for stuff like that. In terms of going to the Division Three Nationals, I know for Women's Ultimate, they started in 2010, um, so around the time you were starting at Bates. But when you were at Bates, could you have ever imagined a cold front going to Nationals? Not only that, but going for four straight years and finishing second in the country last season? Never, never. <laughs> it was actually pretty humorous. My senior year, we played in the game to go to Nationals mm-hmm. and almost won. And we thought, oh, gosh. If we had won that, we would have had to miss graduation, and it was not a priority for us at Uh, that time. And now people are skipping their their family events and family functions to go to nationals, and we have, I think, around 30 family members coming to Texas to watch um, their daughters play, which is amazing. And what was the experience like seeing the team get second last year in the entire country? Oh, my goodness. The adrenaline was really high for everybody of course and um, it was incredible because they live streamed it so people at home were watching I know the Portland ultimate community is really supportive of Bates and um, all the parents are super supportive and um, 
you know, we had to catch a flight in an hour or so. Our our brains were sort of tussled everywhere, and um, it was just really great. And it was great to get a taste of it. And I think this year we want that back. And we really, now that we know what it's like to get that far, we just want to go even further. Well, yeah, and the team's undefeated regional champions for the first time. Um, what makes this year's team such, I mean, Josie obviously being a senior helps. What, what else makes this team so strong, you think? Sure. So um, the first years who have been playing for, um, let's see, four years now have grown to be such incredible leaders and super confident on the field, and they've helped to teach everybody under them. So it's really just great that we are bringing up all of our newer players and you know people like Josie who've been playing for over 10 or up to 10 years now um, have helped those who've only been playing for six months and you would never be able to tell that um, experience discrepancy there so it's really great one of the fun things about this team is um, they, uh, there's a tradition of giving nicknames to the players after their first year playing. Uh, did that develop during your time, or that was before you were playing at Bates even when that happened? <laughs> oh, that's been a tradition way before my time. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, everyone gets a nickname, which is really fun because it really makes you feel like you have a deep connection to the team, and, and you know people call you that in class or in commons, and it's just really fun to, to have that other side. Um, so yeah, I actually have one myself. What's yours? <laughs> mine is promo. Um, because I had prior experience, they, they called me professional. So they shortened that to promo, but really the short form of that is Mo. So never. Really <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. And I understand you're pretty involved in like the main ultimate community kind of in general, right? What's, what, what those efforts been like kind of growing the sport within the state? Yeah, so I help captain a uh, mixed club team in Portland, mm -hmm. and I also try to captain the summer league teams here and help out with the other minor leagues and um, even help direct some of the youth um, tournaments. And I think it's just really important that we keep bringing the youth um, and getting them involved, and especially in summer league where it's not as competitive as, say, college or club. It's really important that we are teaching these newer players so that they stick with it and keep growing the sport as much as possible. Great. Well, last question for you, Modis. I mean, your thoughts on uh, Colfer heading down to College Station, Texas this weekend and what you're looking forward to most, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, climate will be a huge change for us. Mm -hmm. But um, honestly, if we've seen some possible storm or tornado warnings, and we are hoping for that, <laughs> Coldfront <laughs> is known for being able to play in any type of extreme weather, and I think our training in the north will really help us excel um, down south compared to some of the other teams around the country. But, um, yeah, we're just excited to go to a new state to play and have fun with our friends and get to spend one last full weekend together. All right, Modis Baker, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll preview the NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships, plus a look back on the baseball and lacrosse seasons. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. <laughs> Why do we have to